Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. It's been the best week ever for Purdue by winning the Big Ten West, the Old Oaken Bucket, and the Phil Knight Legacy. Now the Boilermakers push forward with the football team playing in the conference championship versus Michigan and basketball moving forward with a ton of momentum. Kyle Charters here, Tom Deanhart as well. We'll talk to Alan Karpik here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Tom, uh, what a weekend for Purdue, including by the Boilermaker football team. It gets a victory against Indiana uh, over the weekend. Uh, gets a little help on Friday from Nebraska and the Cornhuskers upset of Iowa in Iowa City. And now the Boilermakers will take on Michigan in the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis on Saturday. Purdue, um, what, a more than two-touchdown underdog. But, heck, if you're a Boilermaker, you've got to feel like anything that happens at this point is just gravy on winning the Big Ten West and getting this opportunity. Yeah, something I never thought I'd utter, Kyle. Purdue's going to the Big Ten football championship game. <laughs> and good thing, too, because, you know, most people think after 2023, this whole divisional structure will be put in the trash bin and we'll just have a divisionless Big Ten, one through 16, once USC and UCLA yeah. come aboard in 2024. But I digress. You're right. This is all great. You're right. If you're Purdue, I mean, um, you know, they, they caught a break with the upset of Iowa on Friday, and then they took care of business in Bloomington to punch their ticket. You certainly would like to win. We all know the odds are stacked against Purdue. Last I checked, they were 16 and a half point underdog. But, Kyle, you've watched a lot of sports in your life. You've seen a lot of upsets. So have I. There's always that possibility. And if for some reason it happens, of course, Purdue would go up to Pasadena to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, in football, uh, it's nice. You don't play seven-game series. You just have to beat them once. Uh, and if they were playing ten times, uh, you, you might not win a majority. I'm sure you wouldn't win a majority, but you only have to beat them once. So the Boilermakers get a win over Indiana on Saturday for the old Oaken Bucket. It's it's weird that the bucket sort of takes a backseat uh, to everything else, uh, but it does. Again, the game sort of followed Purdue's formula for much of the season, right? It was not the prettiest game we have ever seen, uh, but Purdue did get a victory, made a lot of plays, really in all facets, special teams on offense, and, and got a defensive score as well. And it did all of that in the second half um, and got a victory. Yeah, you're right. You know, Jeff Brown talked about the special teams afterward, Kyle. One area that rarely gets talked about, but the blocked uh, field goal by Kydren Jenkins, I think when Purdue was leading 17-7, was big, sort of kept IU at bay. And, you know, Indiana had a pretty good return game as well. Uh, and they sort of sat on that, that return game for the Hoosiers as well. So, you're right, they sort of checked the box in all three areas. The offense got off to a slow start, obviously, just three points in the first half. But they sort of found their groove in the second half, obviously. Hit some big plays, the Charlie Jones 60-yard touchdown, you know, Payne Durham dragging guys across the goal line. Of course, Devin Mock to be at that that uh, 27-yard run as well. So they sort of amped things up there. And they were able to finally gash that Indiana defense. It really has not been good all season. 
Let's take a quick break. We'll be back here in a moment, talk a little bit more football with Tom. We'll do that uh, coming up next. This is Gold and Black Radio. Ring in your new year at Sand Valley. Begin the evening with a champagne toast. Indulge in a chef-driven menu, complete with curated wine pairings, and celebrate with live music. Stay the weekend as there's plenty of exploration and adventure to enjoy. To reserve your stay, call 844-277-0191 or visit sandvalleypursuits.com backslash New Year's Eve. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, Industrial and Classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals and incorporates fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event at the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Ethan Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Kyle Chargers here with Tom Deanhart talking a little bit of football after Purdue's victory in Bloomington as it gets set for the game in Indianapolis this weekend against Michigan. Uh, Aiden O'Connell for the Boilermakers, Tom, uh, was great. 290 yards, a couple of touchdowns in the victory. Of course, uh, it becomes public then on Sunday, the tragedy that he and his family endured uh, this week with the loss of of Sean O'Connell, the older brother of Aiden. I mean, just uh, just unspeakable tragedy for that family, and and we we know that Aiden O'Connell is a is a tough customer. We know that he's not phased by a lot in terms of football. Uh, he'll throw an interception and, and come back and and uh, direct to Purdue on a touchdown drive. It's one of the reasons why he's uh, had five fourth quarter come from behind victories during his career, which sets a a Purdue record, but to endure through this kind of personal tragedy to play a football game is, I don't even know, man. It's that, that is a, that's a tough one to overcome, but uh, he managed to do it on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. Um, you kind of wonder how you able to compose yourself given those circumstances and, and play a football game and, and focus and perform. But like you said, he found a way to do it. Um, again, uh, you cannot understand or, or comprehend, you know, what he was going through, he and his family. So, yeah, you know, he, um, he obviously stepped up and found a will and found a way to, to focus on Saturday and, and help deliver Purdue that, that victory. I mean, just adds another layer to the, to a, a quarterback and a personality that we've come to know well here a few years. Um, obviously a tremendous talent. I think Kyle, belongs in the cradle of quarterbacks, but, Anybody who's gotten to know him just a little bit realizes Aiden O'Connor is even a better person than he is a football player. Yeah, that I, that that and his faith have got to be his family, uh, his teammates who obviously uh, like him a lot has has got to be what has helped him through these last few days. I 
I just have no idea uh, the the pain that would be involved in, in such a, a a tragedy here over the last few days. Pretty remarkable that he was able to go out there and play uh, through all of that. And, and luckily for him, has uh, you know good support. Uh, Marty Dittmore, the, the 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 chaplain of Purdue, Jeff Brom, obviously as we saw in the the post game, is close to his his quarterback, and it has been uh, quite a story for Aiden O'Connell during his career at Purdue. So he plays well. Devin Mockaby has a great game uh, for the Boilermakers. Man, it just really feels like for Mockaby, uh, sort of a star is born here for for the Boilermakers late in this season, right? I mean, he he has just been a, a game changer. There's no way that Purdue would be in the same – there's just simply no way Purdue would be in the Big Ten championship game without him as its running back. No, I, I agree, you know, just barely missed by one yard, his fifth 100-yard rushing effort of the season, finishing with 99 in Bloomington. And, yeah, you know, if King Drew doesn't get hurt early in the season, hurt that calf. Remember, he hurt against Penn State. He tried to play against Indiana State. Didn't see much action. Mockaby came on and others. And, and then shortly thereafter, beginning especially at Syracuse, we saw Mockaby become more of a featured weapon. And, off and away he went, you know, just the latest, you know, walk-on turn star uh, storyline that we've seen here in recent years at Purdue. And, yeah, just a special guy. He's got something tangible about him, Kyle. You know, if you stand next to him, there's nothing physically, you know, really impressive about him. He's not a blazer on the field from a track standpoint, a sprinter speed. But he just has a way of finding holes, finding seams, and he's, he's tough to bring down. He dies hard, as I like to say, Kyle. And he's got a great ability to cut, too, to stop, start, cut, make people miss. He's always going forward, it seems like. So he's been a, he's been a fun revelation. And, too, Kyle, he can catch the ball. We saw that again Saturday. He can lose, do a little bit of everything for that offense. Yeah. Yeah, he can. And he was, he was really good. He's been really good this season. It would be nice to see him, you know, have a couple of good games here down the stretch. Uh, for Purdue, the defense played well. Uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate what happened with Indiana with Dexter Williams. Um, I, I don't know, you know, what changes for, for Indiana. I mean, I know what changes. I don't know whether the second half is, is different. I suspect that Purdue still finds a way uh, to get a win uh, in the game if Williams does not get himself injured. But you've got to give a lot of credit to uh, Purdue's defense for making some adjustments to how Indiana was going to have to play with a different quarterback in there. And and the defense uh, played pretty well, aside from, you know, the early run that it gives up, uh, really buckled down, got a got a defensive score late that sort of put the game away. Um, it's been a couple of good weeks in a row for Purdue's defense, uh, albeit against two lesser teams, but it has to have, you know, some momentum, it feels like, going into Saturday. Yeah, even going back to the Illinois game, um, kept Chase Brown under 100 yards the first time any team had done that all season. So, yeah, they've had their ups and downs, especially when it comes to defending the pass. But up front, by and large, they've been gassed a few times in the run game. But by and large, that's been their real strength is that ability to to, to, to not get totally run over, be more than solid against the run, not give up too many big plays on the ground as well. That deep defensive line continues to pay dividends. Mark Hagan plays 10 or 12 guys every game. They've had to go the last two weeks without their best tackle, Branson Dean. Not sure if he's going to get on the field Saturday. We'll have to see. But 
Yeah, I mean, uh, they had to change on the fly, right? They prepare for Dexter Williams. What was essentially a triple option offense? He goes out early. Here comes Connor Basilak, a totally different quarterback, more of a passer. So that's why they pay him the big bucks, right, Kyle? You got to you got to be able to adapt and change on the fly. And and that defense led by Ron English and others was able to do that and really kind of sit on that offense for the most part that entire game. As for the bowl outlook uh, for the Boilermakers, Purdue wins Rose Bowl. If it loses, though, it, it it's looking more and more like Florida is a pretty likely option for the Boilermakers, right? Yeah, I'm going to have a pretty extensive story on that today. Uh, talked to Jerry Palm, and he said we, we talked about all those scenarios. But you're right, win, pull that upset Saturday, you're in Pasadena. But even if they don't win, I think you're right, Kyle. It seems like Florida is a likely destination. Um, the upsets this last weekend, especially of LSU, may have helped clear the path for Penn State to get a New Year's Six Bowl. And if that does happen, that opens up Florida for teams like, you know, Purdue and Illinois and Iowa. And, again, I think the fact that Boilermakers made it to the Big Ten title game may probably give them a nod to get one of those two spots. And, and again, if Penn State's in like the Cotton Bowl, Kyle, I think Purdue has a good shot to land in Orlando. I think no worse than Tampa. Worst case scenario is Charlotte. But, again, uh, I think Florida, the Sunshine State, looks like the likely destination for now. Yeah, certainly would be nice over the holidays. Hey, thanks, Tom. Take care, buddy. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Alan Karpik about the week in Purdue athletics, also uh, the basketball team's uh, wins in Portland and what that means going forward. That's coming up next. This is Gold and Black Radio. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship, a relationship that goes where you go wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765 765- Five eight seven three one eight five. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Kyle here with Alan. What a week it was for the Boilermakers, obviously, the football victory, winning the Big Ten West on to Indianapolis to play Michigan. But, man, taking a lot of the highlights uh, uh, away from that is the basketball team's performance in Phil Knight Legacy in Portland, Purdue getting a couple of victories against top ten opponents, Gonzaga and Duke. And Alan did so in dominant fashion. I mean, my gosh, what what an impressive performance by the Boilermakers this weekend. <laughs> 
Well, and with some, and I and I'm drawing a blank on who tweeted it, but I, I can't take credit for this research. But it's the first team since 1968, UCLA in the Final Four, to beat two top top ten teams by over 18 points. I mean, it was dominant, just like you said. I, it it was almost stunning to watch uh, how clinical Purdue just t- took apart two of the best programs in college basketball over the last 10 to 15 years. And that was at Jared Burnson. Uh, on Twitter, yeah, who did some of right. that, some of that research. Um, yeah, I mean, just an impressive performance by Purdue. It raises the question that I had about whether this is Purdue's best week ever as an athletic <laughs> department in the regular season. I mean, that's sort of a tough question to answer. But if you if you're looking at uh, a football and men's basketball, even women's basketball had a good weekend. Uh, volleyball as well. Uh, it was a pretty good week highlighted by the football and basketball teams. Yeah, I, I think you have to look at it almost from a November perspective because if you have that football, men's basketball, the convergence of all four teams at one time, I, I don't think has ever been a, a weekend like this. I mean, I can remember back in the day when Purdue beat Michigan State uh, and Drew Brees and came back and the women beat number one or Tennessee and stopped uh, Pat Summons long, long. uh, uh, But that doesn't compare. Even last year when Purdue wins in Wrigley Field, which was a big event, obviously, to win that game against Northwestern and then goes out and wins the Mohegan Sun, that was impressive, but nothing like this. I mean, to have a chance to go to the Big Ten championship game and to uh, have the opportunity uh, to be climb up to the rankings to what, what's got to be in the top ten, one would think, if not higher, uh, maybe even the top five. It's unbelievable, unprecedented, and a pretty basketball team that has been good for many, many years. We all know that, but I've never seen them quite look like they did uh, this weekend. Yeah, I, I would think that Purdue would be top five <laughs> when the AP poll comes out here in a couple of hours. I, I mean, it already has that we know of three number one votes from from AP voters, yeah. it's pretty rare that you would see a team outside the top five get at least three first-place votes in the poll. So I would have to suspect uh, that Purdue will be in the top five. What a, what a rise for a team that was not ranked in the preseason, moved into 24th, and then is going to make just an absolutely gigantic jump. It probably has uh, the best resume in the country right now. If you look at it in terms of, a, of an NCAA resume, what has stood out to you? I mean, there's a lot of things, right? I mean, the, 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 the hustle, I think, of this Purdue team and the way that that hustle equals defense. I mean, you hold a Gonzaga team and then a Duke team in check defensively like Purdue did in those two games. Duke scored one point in the one point. All those, all those top 30 recruits that the Dukies have, and, and they scored one point in the last seven minutes of that game on Sunday. I mean, it's just impressive how hard Purdue is playing uh, at this point in the season. Yeah, it's stunning. Again, I use that word because, uh, yes, you don't do that to Duke. I, and you talk about top 30 recruits. They have three top 10 recruits. Uh, and I understand yeah. they're young and all that, but, but Purdue completely took them out of the game. The fact that Purdue limited – uh, Duke to one offensive rebound, which is Duke's forte in the first half. Now, Duke got some in the second half uh, without question. But my point is, yeah, it's all stunning. And I think Jared's going to have to do some research because I don't know that a team has ever jumped from tw- uh, up 20 spots in the AP poll in one week. Maybe it has. But uh, it's going to be a, 
Uh, and I understand it's November. I get all that. And, 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 but it's a little bit different, I think, than last year because of the hustle quotient, what you talked about. This team was literally on the floor the entire game, and that includes Zach Eady, an entire weekend, I should say. Uh, yeah. you know, Zach Eady's on the floor getting balls. You know, we know that Smith and Lawyer are going to do that on a regular basis, but, uh, this, and we know Mason Gillis does that. But I think the other thing that's extremely uh, uh, interesting about this team is you look at a guy like Caleb First, who came into the game, came into the weekend trying to get him enough minutes. He's a terrific player, uh, highly regarded player, and he's getting about 12 and 13 minutes a game. He comes in Sunday, plays, what, 24 minutes or whatever it was, was dominant inside, made a huge difference in the game, made a couple of big shots while Duke was making a run at Purdue. And Trey Kaufman Wren plays eight minutes. And plays well. I mean, it's just a bizarre (laughs) but good uh, combination of guys that seem to get along very well. And I know Trey Kaufman-Wren could play in about any college basketball team in the country and not play less than 20 minutes. He played, uh, again, a short bit and yet contributed. That's what the interesting thing is. It will still be a puzzle for Matt Painter to continue to put together and monitor but when you have numbers, we haven't even talked about Ethan Morton's play and, and his uh, assist turnover ratio, which is also, again, for lack of a better word, I can't think of a better adjective, Kyle. It's stunning. It's just been really, really amazing to watch. When you have 10 players that all accept their roles, now we're, we're not yeah. inside the huddles, we're not in the locker room, so you never know exactly yeah. you know, some of the dynamics that are going on. But on the surface, it looks like, you know, it looks like, Brandon Newman's okay with what he does. And, man, he does it really well right now. He's coming yeah. off the bench and scoring and defending and rebounding. I mean, he's, he's averaging like six rebounds a game in like 15 minutes. It's crazy. But, um, you know, Trey Kaufman-Wren, if he played 30 minutes a game, could average 13 and seven for most teams. It it would seem like – I mean, it, it just feels like a team that everybody's sort of accepting of of what their roles are, at least right now. Sometimes when you lose – uh, maybe maybe guys get a little bit uh, antsy a bit when you're winning. It sort of eases all of that. But it does feel like everybody's sort of accepting of what they're doing. Yeah, my laughter at your earlier comment is, is a typical Purdue fan nervous laughter. I mean, it's almost too good to be true right now. And, again, I'll say <laughs> it's November, and we'll find out Wednesday night uh, when Purdue has to do a quick turnaround and play in a place that Florida State has had some problems early on. Uh, you know, at a team that Purdue in theory should beat, but a place where Purdue's not played well and that turnaround. We'll see how Purdue adjusts to that. But I think it's going to be a story of a season, and that's uh, well, I've said that all along. It's going to be a fun ride to watch just how this team develops, what it does, how it, uh, how it works into it. It's going to lose games. Uh, there's no question about that. But uh, it's not going to lose very many the way they're playing right now. The two freshman guards are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they are. I get nervous laughter, Kyle. I mean, I, I've never seen a guy do a Purdue guard do what Braden Smith's doing, that, and that and that puts him in the in the company of of uh, some really good ones. I mean, Lewis Jackson, uh, Chris Kramer, uh, to a different extent. Uh, he's just making plays, and even in yesterday's game, didn't have an, in yesterday's game against Duke did not have a particularly good game statistically. But he gets eight rebounds and makes plays. Yeah. Didn't, didn't shoot the ball, didn't score like he did against Gonzaga. But, uh, again, a very incredible uh, performance by him. Fletcher Lawyer, uh, I saw somebody on our message board talk to him about a, a smaller Robbie, Robbie Hummel. He plays like that. And 
uh, you know, again, I, I know that teams will be able to be able to figure out uh, um, Purdue. I'm sure they'll have some trends that you'll have to deal with and all those kinds of things. But uh, it'll be a good problem for Matt Painter to try to solve and a fun one for Purdue fans to watch. Alan, they got the lead against Duke on Sunday. And after getting the lead, I don't know about you, but I never once thought Purdue was going to lose the game. I mean, that's just <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. I mean, it's just it to blow them out I, like it, that. It, it was. Uh, I, I, you got a little bit of a, a little bit of anxiety with Caleb when Caleb first hit that big shot from the baseline when Duke, I think, had cut it to seven. But yeah, Purdue was yeah. in control all along, and you have to keep looking at that and say, "Wait, this is Braden Smith. He's about thirteen years old. Well, he's, he's eighteen or nineteen, <laughs> but he's, he's, you know, he looks like he's thirteen. He, and they're in firm control, and he's out." He's going against one of the best point guards in the country uh, on the other side, and I understand he got hurt in the first half of the game, but my point is uh, he's doing it against excellent competition. And I think that that's the thing that uh, at the least, at the absolute least of where Purdue is right now, uh, you've got a resume to, to die for heading into uh, uh, not only the Big Ten season but the NCAA. Now, again, Purdue's going to have to continue to play well, and we'll, we'll be uh, – uh, Threatened, and again, that threat may come on Wednesday night, but uh, I do think uh, Purdue is in extremely good shape for what may end up being a terrific, terrific season. Yeah. Thanks, Al. All right. Thanks, Kyle. All right. That'll do it for the podcast for this Monday. Perhaps the most positive Monday podcast we have we have ever had. If you do like the podcast, be sure to rate us five star. Subscribe as well via your favorite podcast app. Thanks to our sponsors. As always, we'll check in with Brian Newert once he gets back from Portland down the line here uh, as well and uh, get his thoughts on the Boilermakers. All right, that'll do it for the podcast for this week. For Tom Deanhart and Alan Carpet, I'm Kyle Chargers. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.